Let me tell you a little something about the chronic gals. Just two best buds and they're very best pals. Talking about cannabis, that good, that tree. So grab a joint and just spark with me. Hey! Hi! Welcome to Chronic Gals. Hello! I'm Riley. And I'm Ashleen. Welcome to another episode. Thanks for being here. We're so happy to have you here for another, what, 28? 28. 28. Wow, that's older than I am. Wow. I was going to say how I thought I I, I, I just (laughs) thought earlier today that I thought I was 28 and I was like, no, I'm 27. You have one more year. I was like trying to do the math quickly in my head, but that just wasn't working right now. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. 27. Yeah. But episode 28. Yeah. So we're here. What are we doing today, Ashley? We are rolling a twax joint, but not just any twax joint, which... I mean, a twax joint is not just any joint to begin with, <laughs> but we're going to take it to another level using smokable herbs I'm instead so of weed. weed. Cannabis. Yeah, so we were gifted these smoking herbs by our friend, and we just put them in a bag and then left, and we don't know what <laughs> is in it. So we're going to try and figure out what it is, yeah. which is going to, I mean... It has no smell. <laughs> no, it's going to be a task. There's definitely rose petals yeah. in it. There's probably sage. And it almost smells sort of like tropical-y mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know, but it really just smells like tea or the those like potpourri satchels that you that your grandma puts uh-huh. in her underwear That's door. probably been there for like 50 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely smells oh, like it. That was off my... I think I got some on my nose. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna roll this joint, and there was like a specific intention with this blend too. That again, we cannot remember what it was, but it was probably something like relaxation or I know or oh spiritual awakening or something. Yeah, or like fortitude. Yeah, oh, I don't know. That? That's cool. Yeah, so. So we're going to roll it into we're a joint, roll it. and then we're going to roll weed around it. Yeah. We're what are, what's roll... the... I have um, some Breakfast Kush Shatter by Doc and Yeti. Um, freaking love Doc and Yeti, and that's yeah. really all I have to say about that. So They are really, they're great. They are great. Yeah. The thing is that I'm not exactly sure how well this shatter is going to roll, because it's a little on the old side. But we'll see how it goes. Oh, yeah. It's still a little bit sticky. Well, you should get <coughs> gloves. Do you have like latex, like rubber gloves? Um, yeah, but Where's that? I have no idea where because Adam puts things places, and mm. I don't know what it is or where it is. That's fair. So it's okay. Did you guys know that the surest way to get? Uh, like weed oil off your fingers, the most efficient way is with additional oil. You know, I did know that, but I hope the listeners learn something because it really works. Like getting canola oil or olive oil yeah. or something, and like we even have like a like a pan spray, but it's a vegetable oh. oil kind, and I'll just like if I get it on my finger and oh, and then just clean it, and then you use your whatever dish soap to clean the oil off, like all your of the oil hands. off of your hand. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty neat. That's cool. It's really good for your glass, too. If you're, like, cleaning your glass and you don't... There's, like, spots that are sticking that whatever your cleaner is just not reaching. Interesting. Um, Like, when I think my bomb... or... Yeah. Or whatever oil. Um, Because they're both just picking up the cannabis oil and giving it somewhere to go that's not your... 
whatever surface. Hmm. So we'll see how it goes with this. <laughs> with That's this. cool. I don't even. I can't even call it shatter anymore. It's definitely like what? Um, it's. Definitely gonna have to go in the joint. <laughs> oh, then let's get it in now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's okay. Yeah, no, it's we okay. We rebuild. Originally wanted to do a little snake to wrap around the outside, but this is, this is just perfect anyway. A great option. Yeah, so we have been. I mean, obviously we smoke weed, so we've been been participating in plant medicine for a while now mm -hmm. but I feel like now more recently we are participating in other types of plant medicine mm. and not so recently for me but I would love to well I feel like there's different types of plant medicine oh, okay. okay I was maybe, thinking like thinking. I mean for me personally I mean I've been in a greenhouse a lot so oh, I've been yeah. doing plant medicine with like being surrounded by plants and interacting with them mm -hmm. a lot. And I feel like that has been really healing and helpful and learning about who I am as a person and a human being in today's world. It's a world. lot of wax. It is a lot of wax. Yes. But you know, this is an herbal joint. Yep. So there we go. It'll be fine. Anyway. But, um, but yeah, the plant medicine that Ashleen is referring to. Psilocybin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I like I like saying it like that. Psilocybin. Psilocybin. It just like flows out of your mouth. But really quick before we go to that down that rabbit hole. Yes. Um, I really feel you on the just like regular plants part of it. Just because mm -hmm. like having the garden. Mm -hmm. Even like if I was having a bad day or whatever, and I finally get the kids down for nap time. I'll like go out in the garden and pull weeds and it's like a really great way to like ground and get mm -hmm. my anger, frustration out and um, and then it's like also a productive, product, you know, productive moment in the garden. Yeah. So. No, totally. I've been coming home from my job at the greenhouse to, I'm like coming home and either moving my plants around, like reorganizing what they look like or just touching them and being with them or repotting them or mm -hmm. like watering them. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like they just, they're like my little babies. Yeah. You know, and yep. you put, ener you put the energy in and they will give it back to you. I fully, fully believe that. Me too. I mean, I think even I say it, I think I say this in the interview today that we're going to get to in a little bit, but um, I was told once that plant medicine, or that plants were, they mm. like signed a soul contract with humans to help us on our evolution and our yes. growth. So, I mean, even if, even if you just think about how food is, let food be thy medicine, mm -hmm. you know, like if you want to live a healthy life, you need to eat healthy foods. If you are sick, there is an herb or a root or something out there that will like heal you, you yeah. know, that you have to... You know, plants are like are really here to help aid us. I totally, totally believe that. And there was I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about plants are plants are the physical manifestation of the plan planet's energy. Interesting. Plants okay. are okay. the physical manifestation of the planet's energy. Which I like. I like that. Ooh. And I don't know too much about it, but... Oh, gosh. Sorry. A bunch of things. 
But if you, I think once, if you really look into it, there are certain plants that go with the energies of certain planets. And like. Yes, I've heard that for sure. It's just like, that isn't even further level into like. Yeah. Plant medicine. Yeah. But I just like, I mean, I've been looking, I feel like I've been looking up a lot of meetings for plants. And we've been selling a lot of begonias. So I, yeah, so. And I would, I was like, why at the at the pandemic are people buying just a bunch of begonias? Like, it just <laughs> seems like a random. Like they're beautiful, and there's a whole bunch of different kinds of begonias and whatever. And I looked them up, and the begonia traditional meaning is like watchfulness. And I'm like, I feel like people are in this fear, scared, unsure mentality, and mm-hmm. they just need someone to like watch their back. So they've been like, oh. I don't know, like subconsciously yeah. feeling the need to be surrounded by begonias to like, I don't know, maybe, I don't think anybody's actually like, oh, I need a begonia to like yeah. watch my back. Yeah. But like. It's more like the collective unconscious kind of being like, get a begonia. Yeah. Get a begonia. Yeah. Get a begonia. I don't know. I don't know. That's probably just my like woo woo interpretation of everything. Yeah. yeah. But I, I feel like there's validity to that. I, I agree. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yeah. Okay, so we're sparking this joint. Super curious as to how this is going to go, because there ended up being a lot of wax in the middle of that. And... Mm. Oh, it smells so good. <laughs> it smells so good. It's like... like it's, aging the whole it's room. It's like incense. Yeah, that's a lovely... Delightful. Lovely little... What would we call that? Was that a split? I guess so. Or split only tobacco. Tobacco. I don't know. But it's also like it wasn't even with weed flower, which yeah, does that like contribute to the nomenclature? I don't, I don't know. know. We need more words for things. Let's just come up with them. Where's um, the ashtray? I almost ashed it into oh that. <laughs> Is it under? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. We just have, we have this new table that has, like, an under area. Oh, I don't think we've even said this yet. We are oh, in our new mm-hmm. studio. <gasps> it's so our, great in here. Yeah, first episode in our new studio that we built out in Ashleen's house. Mm-hmm. And... It's great. Oh, my God, it feels so nice. There's, like, things and places and... I think Adam still wants to caulk the bottom of the baseboards, but... That's fine. Still, like we're here and it's functional. It's functional. It's not a pile of stuff in the middle of a room. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm just and so yeah. So basically, everything's in like weird places, and we have this table that's like two. (laughs) That's two levels. Yeah, and it even has a drawer too. And a drawer. Storage Solution Central right yeah. here. Yeah, and wheels. It's on wheels. Yeah. So. It's a great. Like, it's it's great. I'm just, we're just learning about yeah. where the homes are coming. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but Ashtray has been found. Ashtray has been found. Joint is great. Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah. It's, um. What do you think other herbs are in here? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> There's like too many to even guess. I mean like too many herbs in the world to even begin yeah. to guess. Check the show notes, because probably by the time this comes out... Oh, yeah, we can just we'll link figure it, it out. Yeah. But... Oh. 
know who else loves plant medicine? Who? The oh, ladies. Dude, we didn't even talk about psilocybin or psilocybin. Psilo- oh, yeah, we just named We just named it. <laughs> but let's, like, we can also, like, talk about it in context of the yeah. activity ladies. Because that's our interviewee today. It- <laughs> interviewee today. I don't know, whatever. That's who we are talking to today. <laughs> The Sam and Lisa from Tokitivity. Yeah, we are so excited to finally talk to them. It's been forever. Like, I went to my first Tokitivity meeting, I think in, like, 20, what are we now, 2020? I think it was 2018. It was before I had Mara. And, oh, I think I was pregnant, too. But it was, like, it started in her house. It was the first mm-hmm. prism house. Yeah. Hmm. And I went to a party with Abby, with Dabby Potwin. Mm. And, um, they, it was like a cannabis and mom's night. Like, it was like a ladies and cannabis night. And they had speakers that were, one was a pregnant woman who used CBD in her pregnancy journey. And then the other two, I think one was a nurse and one was, I can't remember what the third one was, but it was really cool. That's cool. That's so fun. It was like a potluck. So everyone, like, brought food. And then they had this whole room, like, social room where we could paint our nails and just, like, do really, like, come together as women and do really girly yeah. things, you know? I love that. So, yeah, they've been doing the damn thing. They have been doing the damn thing. We uh, helped christen their podcast studio in January, uh, which, if you guys remember that episode, we had so much fun. We talked to a bunch of really cool ladies at that event. Mm-hmm. And now we get to talk to the freaking ladies who run the damn show, mm-hmm. which they are boss. They're seriously amazing. Boss ladies. Seriously amazing. Goals. Life goals. Uh, yeah. So hard. Yeah. And, well, one of the things that they, that we talk about in the show and that they're, like, to stand up for is all kinds of plant medicine, mm-hmm. including, I don't remember what the measure number is, but there's a measure in Portland to allow... Oregon. In Oregon to allow psilocybin research, therapy research, yeah, Yeah, so that people can use mushrooms in trying to heal PTSD and depression and anxiety, and which is proven to all of these things, yeah. Yeah. So, this is really cool, yeah. They talk about it in the the interview, but we like it too, (laughs) we do. That's a top plant medicine for me. Same, and it's, it's been a while, because I haven't wanted to do it while pregnant at all, even though part of me, like, wonders if maybe there is some sort of evolutionary benefit to having that run through your system. Like a microdose situation? Yeah, to, like, hmm. help, you know, I don't know, like, increase your child's brain activity totally in utero. Like, I think Yeah, like, I feel like together. there's got to be some sort of link With there. Some, like, mycelia. But I was not in no. a place to test that. No, no, no. <laughs> You know, at all. Like, that's, I, like, a, that's a real life, like, clinical trial. Exactly. Like, needs to be so monitored. Exactly. And we do not have the funding for that. Maybe in the future. <laughs> yeah. But. Dude, if we could end up funding plant medicine research... With our oh work and our business, well, that would be, here. yeah, Check manifesting. Check 15, 20 years, 10, 15, I don't know. In the future. Time is not even real. Yeah. Time is not real. If you're still on time, Get a new watch. <laughs> Get a new watch. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Throw your watch away. <laughs> Throw your watch out. Yeah. But, 
We hope you like this interview. We're almost done with this joint, so we'll pass it pass it along to the ladies of Tokativity. Here we go. Here we go. Enjoy. See you guys on the other side. Bye. Uh, welcome to the session. We are here with Sam and Lisa from Tokativity. Yay! Thank you guys so much for being here today. We're so happy to be talking to you. It's just been so long in the making. Ooh, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you so much. It's been it's been a minute. Yes, <laughs> for it sure. has. Yeah, and the last time we talked really was um, all about your um, anniversary party, your third birthday party back in January. <laughs> Where we had, you know, lots of fun stuff happened at that thing. We were christening the prison house, christening the, or the podcast new prison studio, house, christening the podcast studio, and then you guys are just so great at celebrating, you know, Everything. all of the women in the cannabis <laughs> industry and being able to bring everyone together. So it was just a party for that. <laughs> oh, that was so fun. That was so fun. It's definitely a fond memory. Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's probably like one of the last fun things that a lot of us had before. Yeah quarantine happened <laughs> exactly um so let's talk a little bit about what like what tokativity mm -hmm. is um lisa do you want to take it tell us a little bit about sure. what you guys do <clears throat> um so um tokativity is the global feminist community for active cannabis culture um, we've been evolving over time and continue to evolve um but we are now a global community of active cannabis consumers um, and business owners that believe in cannabis normalization, equity, and empowerment of a modern consumption culture. Um, we do that through connecting through creative, social, and political intersectional feminist forward activities, um, in addition to marketing campaigns that work to create radical positive change. I'm getting um, chills. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> So, um, <clears throat> you know, we originally started as an event series very quickly. Um, a community was born in Portland and other cities and other women in other cities really wanted to um, host events and to get their women together as well. So we've evolved really rapidly. We now have 23 chapters. Um, it's crazy in three years. It's crazy. Amazing. And there's more on the way. Wow. Um, wow. <clears throat> But yeah, so that's really a, a super broad, but also very dialed in um, <laughs> idea of what it is we do and why. Amazing. And Lisa, what do you do there? What is your role? I'm a founder and CEO. So I, mm, bigger picture and also tiny details. Queen um, Bee. <laughs> what I do. And um, really just making sure all the puzzle pieces are working together. And also a major focal point of my entire career has been um, in web design and development and e-commerce. So I manage all of our online presence um, in regards to like Togativity Connect and our main website. You do a, an amazing job. Like we, I feel like we found you a really long time ago and it was a goal of ours to like talk to you guys and get involved with you guys and you guys are just doing such a good job thank you thank you very yeah. much we care a lot you can tell yeah you, you can really feel the love through <laughs> like the tech like even the instagram messages even like through instagram you can feel this community space 
and the love and like it's I was telling Ashleen after the party I'm like I've never been to a space that I don't know anybody but felt so welcome you know and like bringing stoners together especially yeah. women stoners mm -hmm. is like such an important thing because forever it's just been such a male heavy culture you know and it's like no half of us half of the consumers are women and there should be a space for us so like I'm so glad that there is mm -hmm. yeah. and growing so quickly around the world yeah yes I think an important note is that we have two kind of sectors of tokativity um we have our tokativity social club which is our um events for women and then tokativity community events are for um you know are for our community they're center women but mm -hmm. invite in other um women supporters and feminists awesome. i love that you i mean the the feminine is rising the divine feminine is rising you know like it's uh, mm -hmm. so important to have women at the forefront of these events and even <clears throat> though we're including our brothers we're including the the, the men in mm -hmm. what the we're doing it's like the ladies need to take a step forward into leadership so mm -hmm. i love that that's what you guys are doing so cool. And Sam, how about you? Uh, what's your role in Tokativity? My role has evolved a lot um, since co-founding Tokativity. Um, I tend to stick within operations, finance, and marketing. Um, but Lisa and I both wear all the hats. We know everything that's going on in the company and jump in where it's needed and bring our skill sets from our past experience. Um, I come from a background of management and visual communications um, and uh, had kind of a, a variety of jobs before, found, you know, founding my own business and then um, co-founding Tokativity. But it's been, um, it's just been evolving. You know, I mean, we were doing a lot of in-person events, so I was definitely had my toes dipped in a lot of in-person things. And now that we fully transitioned online, I've learned how to produce digital events uh, thanks to Lisa's expertise. And I helped teach Lisa some things about the in-person things too and creating spaces. And we just, we work together really, really well. Um, we feel really grateful to be doing this thing together. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yes. It's, it's so nice to have a good teammate. I know. <laughs> yes. We've been through a lot and we've really learned to um, trust each other and to listen and that, like we know we're going to like get through anything and that's been such an important piece of why we've been able to be um, successful in what we do is is just like honesty and open communication. That's awesome. Just like in any good relationship, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and so, Sam, you mentioned that you guys have pivoted to going fully online. Can you guys talk a little bit about what that has looked like? I assume, I assume that's mostly due to the pande pandemic. Yeah, well, actually, um, so Lisa spearheaded the development of our online digital platform, Tokativity Connect, a few years ago now, and we have been producing digital events uh, prior to co prior to COVID. But um, our chapters were definitely organizing in-person events regularly. And in Portland, we were doing at least one, if not many, events per month. And um, you know, it's a totally new world now. Um, that's not safe currently. Uh, so mm -hmm. we were just really stoked to be able to like pivot, but not even really 
that far of a pivot because we had already been producing online events, but essentially to just next level our digital event production, um, not only capabilities, but what we're offering, not only our community, but also the brands that we're working with. Um, we've done a variety of events this year since, since COVID and have been recognized as one of the only, especially women in cannabis organizations that is still organizing events. So I just feel so mm -hmm. proud of our team and especially of Lisa for spearheading the digital rollout of that. It's, it's totally a learning curve for everybody. And um, it's been pretty cool to see how everything's transitioned. We, we got to partner with PAX Vapors on an event that we hosted called Pride and Equity um, in June, that was amazing. It featured um, a fire dancer and like performer with, um, you know, with like cloths and uh, Lucci did a like drag performance and we had oh. Lizzie Jeff do um, yes. some music and it was Flame Fatale is the, is the woman who did the performance. But we had a whole bunch of different artistic performers and artists and people coming together and raising money for different nonprofits and it just weaving in a whole bunch of different pieces to help people feel connected during this time. Um, Lisa's been really spearheading House of Jane as well. Lisa, do you want to tell them about House of Jane? Yeah, so House of Jane is our collaboration with Women Empowered in Cannabis and Kira Reed. Um, Kira has been, much like we have been, building for um, about the same amount of time Token Tiffany's been working on this for three and a half years. Kira's been working on it for three. Really building communities. And she's been really focusing a lot of energy on women working in, in cannabis um, and CBD. And mm -hmm. we came up with the idea of House of Jane because she pitched me on, um, on producing an event at MJ BizCon in 2018. Um, and everybody was pretty spread thin, but I'm always like, I see the vision, I can see how it can happen. And I just see the path of least resistance. And um, it was really important to me to have like sort of a neutral title that really embodied bringing women under one umbrella. So um, I came up with the idea of House of Jane and kind of got nerdy about it and snagged the domain names and, and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Like I did with Tokativity, and I was like, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, but you got to, so you got to do it. It's a yeah. good name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so then we did this really cool um, in-person event at holding space for women at cannabis conferences, really, because it's very bro, dude centered, mm -hmm. m m white, white guys and, and um, hanging out. And there's very little room for women to, to be themselves and to hang out, to get to know each other and to network. So that's really where House of Jane was born. And um, we were going to do Hall of Flowers and we're preparing for that when COVID happened. So we very quickly pivoted into the digital event space and started producing speed networking events, which has been so fun. Mm, and so we, cool. Oh, it's been so fun. You have to come. Our next one, I don't know when, you know, when this will be released or whatever. We have, um, throughout the entire rest of the year planned all of our speed networking through December. So you can go to houseofjane.com or tokativity.com slash events to check it out. Um, but we are also launching um, House of Jane um, Women in Plant Medicine Virtual Summit. And so oh, this is going cool. to be for women working in cannabis, CBD, hemp, and psychedelic studies. So we're really 
really welcoming in women working in those spaces or who are curious about working in those spaces. And we really want to bring everyone together. There's going to be multiple <laughs> tracks. Are you getting goosebumps? I'm yes! getting chills. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be amazing. There's going to be multiple tracks. It's everything from beginner to advanced. And um, we're really excited about it. I literally just put the ticketing link up this morning. Oh, cool. oh, sweet. We will add that to our show notes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> can, you, can you walk us through a little bit, like, what does a digital event look like? What is that kind of experience now? Yeah, so I think that, like, everybody defaulted to Zoom, and I've been very anti-Zoom this whole time, although we probably <laughs> will use it. But, um, but I think that there's a tool, a different tool for different kinds of events, and there's different needs. Um, and so like meetings where everyone's talking versus meetings where everyone's just listening to a guest speaker are just different and they have different needs um, versus a performance versus speed networking. Um, and how do, we, how do we go about having online events? Everyone's been trying to figure it out and I'm a total nerd experimenter so We've been playing around with different kinds of um, digital buckets, if you will, and seeing what matches. And we're still continuing to play around. But but digital events look different based on what the experiences that you want to have. And in my opinion, I think that uh, this is just me personally that like online events um, with Zoom can can be very flat, where people don't feel like they're interacting and they don't feel like they're mm -hmm. connecting. And that is the biggest missing piece, I think, with with events in general and online events mm -hmm. is like, mm -hmm. what is your goal? Is mm -hmm. your goal to connect people or is your goal to like, just have everyone listen to you? Like, I mean, that there's different reasons why mm -hmm. people do different things, but, um, but our goal is always to create connectivity and encouragement and support for the forward movement of the individuals who are attending our events. Yeah, and I guess I want to say furthermore, like interactivity, you know, like, um, we're all getting really sick of just like, sitting here looking at a screen. So things that can get you get it like, actually doing some stuff. Um, some of our upcoming events, actually, we're strategizing ways to have crafts or cooking or like other things where you can, you know, have like a list of things to get ahead of time and be able to actually participate in doing some things with people in real time in that way. Um, and a lot of things are movement oriented too, where it's like, all right, get up and shake your booty, yeah, yes. you know, do some fun stuff there, which is super cool. Um, because again, what we're really missing is interactivity. Usually in, when you compare an in-person to an online event, there's just this massive physical component that's missing for all of us. So ways that we can be interacting with each other. And then again, like one-on-one -on -one connections, being able to actually talk and network and meet people that you can possibly have business with or become friends with or just support each other or like inspire each other it's it's a wonderful way to connect that's so cool i love that yeah we've been brainstorming different ways where we could you know bring our community together in kind of similar ways mm -hmm. uh, you know like online smoke circles or something like what could that look like and um i, I just love this push for the interactivity piece because mm -hmm. i was like okay how can we like send a box to everybody who is going to be on this smoke sesh call ahead of time so that we can all like have something together where we're you yeah. know connecting over this uh you know maybe it's a cbd lotion or maybe it's a you know so whatever it yeah. is um so i love yes. that i love that 
Well, lucky, luckily for you, we should set up a meeting outside of this. We can offer you a consultation on a digital event production. Oh, <laughs> yes. And maybe, furthermore, y'all should just be guests on our toking hours. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that done. sounds great. Love it. See, yeah. speed networking already. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah, the toking hours have been so fun. That's our like online event series that we do with our individual chapters and um, chapter leaders. And it's literally an hour um, where the women and the leaders can decide what happens during that hour. A lot of it is just connecting and talking. Sometimes they have a guest Mm -hmm. speaker. Um, There's a topic to, Mm -hmm. to focus on. And that has been an amazing way to stay connected during COVID. That's great. Have you found that like different chapters are having a harder or easier time moving to online? Like I've just kind of, I've just kind of jumped in my head. Like, heck yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, I think this is a very individual journey that we're all on right now. Like um, if you were somebody who had, you know, some anxiety or fears around digital frustration before, mm-hmm. I hope that you've taken this opportunity to work through that <laughs> and find ways to like, trust that you can learn Mm -hmm, and you can get to the other side with some help from somebody else we're all here to help each other Mm -hmm. get to the other side but you know this is really a journey and something Lisa and I talk about a lot is like how do you communicate how do you like let people know that they need to check their internet speed (laughs) if they're going to be presenting something online you know it's this is a learning curve. People are not used to that. Even just getting on the phone before for like a, you know, a podcast interview mm-hmm. or something like that over the phone um, had its challenges. And now everybody's really having to deal with this multifaceted, different devices, different internets, different locations. There's so many factors there. So. Yeah, I would say that's like probably the biggest challenge out of all of things um, because we're comfortable with experimenting and producing the events and learning along the way. But with guests, and performers, <clears throat> there's so many things that get in the way, like Sam was saying, like internet speed, someone, even in the, even if you're sharing a house with a roommate or something or a family member and they're using the internet, it can mm. slow down the speed yeah. of video and audio. Um, people who forget that their laundry is behind them, you know, <laughs> their bras being out of a drawer or whatever. <laughs> um, totally. They forget that that lighting is important and also like while they're talking sometimes the stuff will go out but they don't even know it so like there's just so many factors that we try to do as best we can with like making things as professional as we can but there's so many factors that we cannot control um preparation is number one when you're working Mm -hmm. with other people and telling them all the things and testing things beforehand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what we've learned definitely on this journey of Corona COVID of we've, I mean, like right now, let me just describe our setup. We're zooming through Ashleen's computer, our, through our head, our AirPods, our microphone is hooked up to our producer's computer with headphones attached to the microphone. And he's listening on his AirPods to the zoom call while, so he can make notes. So it's, it really is just like this ridiculous circuit board of connections just for this podcast Mm -hmm. and we've definitely had to like learn every it's every single week we are setting up different and like finding new problems to fix 
And I mean, like... Finding the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, man, if that's not the lesson of 2020, I don't <laughs> know what is. Just, like, Seriously, learning no. along the freaking way. <laughs> I'm really excited for all the people that, like, did not, they were not on board the tech train at all, but, like, have gotten on due to, like, desire for connection, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, need. Like, lots of people working from home. Most people working from home. Um, connecting with family and friends like you have to figure out what the system is and the people who were most comfortable with it were like hey I'm gonna set up a zoom call or hey I'm gonna blah 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 you know and then all the technology platforms are trying to figure it out along the way too mm-hmm. and I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all platform um, it really just depends on what your intention is and what you want people to receive on the other side I love that for sure. So agree. Yeah. Let's talk about activism. Yeah. Ooh, There's okay. been yeah a lot of stuff going on in Portland these days. Um, do you guys want to kind of go like explain your experiences of living in Portland during this whole? I mean, like the BLM movement kind of took like took over Portland and exploded. And just your activism throughout, I mean, before all of this happened, you guys were activists, mm-hmm. cannabis activists. So if you want to just like elaborate a little bit on all that experience. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really intense. And, you know, and um, I think more than anything exciting, like mm-hmm. I, I'm personally like, um, for me as a, as a white woman who you know, it is dedicated to help making systemic change to, um, to get more black ownership, black wealth, um, Mm -hmm. BIPOC wealth, BIPOC ownership, equality across the sexes and genders and skin colors. And for, for, I want to feel proud of my country. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we have this like really beautiful, idealistic, you know, dream right the american dream and it's like we are a melting pot and we still have a long way to go with like actually supporting all of the components um you know since day one we've we've had a few things with tokativity uh to support movements um of such a nonprofits that that work specifically for restorative and racial justice i mean mm-hmm. cannabis touches a lot of different types of mm-hmm. activism Um, but we've had a scholarship program since day one and I've like, you know, just been able to offer free access to any BIPOC and low income women. Um, we've given free tables and membership to women in our BIPOC community and chap, uh, prioritizing our BIPOC chapter leaders, um, as well across the globe. Um, and specifically lately, we've really ramped up our, ability with every event that we do, uh, guests can donate to currently black, um, or national bailout. Mm-hmm. And, um, we've also supported, I mean, we've donated a portion of our proceeds since we were founded mm-hmm. every single, every single event, there's been, you know, some, some sort of support going on, um, coming from our organization. So it, it's felt good to have more of a focus and We've really been doing a lot of listening too, and and um, learning in our own ways, and it's um, that's something we were committed to before this. So it's it's okay that the fire has been put under our asses a little bit to do more. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not enough until actually like we see systemic change. Um, but I guess speaking from my personal experience, I 
have a place on 7th and Alberta in mm. Portland and it's across the street from King's School in um, one of the the paths of protests since the very beginning. The first mm. gathering happened at Peninsula Park and mm. they like came to King's School and so it's been really um, interesting witnessing the protests. I fully support them and have supported in all kinds of different ways. Um, my roommates here were um, supporting some of the leaders of some of the different organizations of the, the black leaders that were doing the organizing of the protests and um, just making sure they're being fed and taken care of. And I helped source CBD and wellness products for them. Um, I, I'm dealing with some health issues myself. So I've personally not been in the protests, but like hanging out my window yelling Black Lives Matter yeah. <laughs> when they come by honking and they yell Black Lives Matter, I yell it back out. Uh, but you know, it's just, it's amazing to be alive right now. The energy is really charged. And I just, I, I, I'll be damned, right? Like we'll all be damned if, mm -hmm. if major systemic change does not happen from this time. It just has to. It has, it has to. to. It has to. There's no other way. We can't go back. We cannot yeah. go back. It's only moving forward yeah. for everything in 2020, only forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, there's, there's always more work to do as organizations. I think, um, you know, accountability is really important. And I think an important light has been shown on the cannabis industry, specifically for, for cannabis companies that are not paying attention to social justice. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you, you just have to, this, this industry has been built off of the backs of black and brown people that have been in prison while like, literally people like me that were busted for weed and just like let go because I was a quote unquote good girl who had a future in front of me. Like, mm -hmm. why is that not awarded to everybody? You know, that's, mm -hmm. that is a privilege. And, um, so I feel so passionately about that. And, um, again, there's just so much to do. I, I, I enjoy the like commitment every single day to be doing something. And it's like, no matter how big or how small it is, it's, it's important and it's essential. And, it has to be done, like no breaks, you know, no breaks with this. You can keep going, but you can do something really small by even like just buying lunch from a black owned business mm -hmm. or, um, you know, or seeking out a piece of literature and challenging yourself to really push something beyond where you were at before. Um, or actually, you know, doing something a little bit more aggressive and doing some sort of organizing or supporting other things and volunteering. And, you know, there's a million ways to show up. So, yeah, there's, there's been, um, so many different things and it, I could see how how easy it is to get overwhelmed and just not know what to do and kind of freeze however just doing one little thing each day um really adds up to big things um Sam mentioned that we have donated money to national bailout just for anybody that doesn't know what they do um they raise money for bailout funds and legal support for the Black Lives Matter um uprisings they're happening across the country. Um, we've also donated to Last Prisoner Project and have, have uh, connected with them on a partnership level um, to really kind of uh, become a media partner for them and to shine the light on prisoners, um, you know, that are that are in prison for cannabis crimes, um, and that they help to raise awareness about them and support for their families and for those individuals. Um, 
and they are dedicated to repairing the past and continuing harms of the criminalization of cannabis through intervention, advocacy, and awareness. And this has also inspired me to try to work with organizations like this and others who have relationships with people who are behind bars for cannabis um, convictions so that we might be able to partner with them um, to help women specifically who are in prison for not just cannabis, but like plant medicine crimes, you know, like literally, you know, could be um, mushrooms and, and beyond. Um, so we're just in the very beginning stages of developing those relationships. And I hope to have some, some more news maybe in the next round of podcasts <laughs> about how that's going. Um, you know, we do have this platform where people are listening to us and, you know, we share whatever we can, whenever we can. Um, of course, we have been focused a lot on Portland because we live here and because, mm -hmm. you know, we have been, um, the federal government has been here and, mm -hmm. Um, but we are, we are very dedicated to shining the light on the things that need that and um, are excited about all the things that have come from this moment in time. Um, additionally, I just wanted to add that like we've also um, donated to, to Don't Shoot PDX um, and Teresa Railford's um, campaign, she is uh, running for mayor um, and although she didn't make it to the final two, people can still write her in in November, uh, for anybody that doesn't know that. And um, one other thing here that we are next leveling with Tokativity specifically is um, for companies that sponsor a chapter, um, we will in turn provide three free business memberships um, for local Black, Indigenous, and people of color owned businesses. Um, in that local uh, city. So this is our way of being able to be a bridge because a lot of these companies, they want to help, mm -hmm. they don't know how to help. Mm -hmm. And so we can help direct dollars to places that we are aware because we're a little bit more on the ground than some people are when they're just kind of focusing on the their bigger picture business stuff. Um, and I think that we were able to really do that, um, you know, especially with this, with our PACS partnership and doing this pride and equity um, event is, you know, being able to shine the light on the things that matter and, and, and partnering with companies who also want to do that. Um, and again, don't know, maybe don't know how or, or exactly the, the, the steps they need to take, but we can be a bridge for them. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank That's, you for doing so much work. Yeah. And for off, like offering resources, <clears throat> You know, and especially just to our listeners, just giving some resources and th little things that people can do, places that they mm -hmm. can go to educate do themselves, the part, educate yeah. themselves. Yeah. So thank you guys. Yeah. And I, I guess I just want to say there, you know, the most powerful thing that I think each one of us can do is engage in our civic duty. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think specifically a lot of white people have the privilege of like not being involved with politics. Mm -hmm. um, there's this like choice, especially in rural America to like disengage from what, um, you know, when you live in a city, these issues are so loud that you can't help but get involved. But in a lot of these rural communities, people just want to live alone and do their thing. And they're like, just leave me alone. And, you know, I think to a certain extent, that's not acceptable. Um, we, you know, 
we we have the opportunity as Americans, like a, a lot of people around the world are not even given this privilege, right? To like participate in in your democratic process. Like there isn't mm-hmm. even a democracy in, in so many other countries. Mm-hmm. So like the, the fact that like I personally can show up in so many freaking ways, like a really simple way is to even Google who are my representatives and find out who represents you. And this is like the best way you can make your voice heard. Mm-hmm. How do those people feel about the Black Lives Matter movement? How do they feel about, um, you know, some of these initiatives to defund the police and reallocate resources other places? How do they feel about cannabis legalization, tax dollars, um, where these money are, where the money is going? How do they feel about accountability in government spending? We approve all of these billions of dollars for things and there's no follow through on like how this this money is being spent and something I love about Tressa Rayford by the way she's like that's one of her big um points that she's never wavered on is that she sees just like these holes in in the way that our system works and I do believe that the system needs to break uh fully down before we can rebuild something but that starts with each and every one of us um, getting engaged, you know, for me as a mom, I have an 11 year old and I bought a house in Eastern Portland and I didn't really know anybody. And I got started getting involved with like the neighborhood association. And it was, I, it was so empowering to me. I didn't realize what a big impact I could have even on my direct community. And then it goes out from there, you know, and now I'm doing more activism around state measures you know and sometimes federal things but i'm still pretty local like i'm still within my own personal advocacy interested in working within oregon and then within the city of portland but regardless it's you know i digress it's it's just um you have to start somewhere and a great place to start is where you live um we can really change someone's life so easily by like just paying attention to what's going on on our street on the you know in our neighborhood and then in the districts as it it kind of expands from there but it's it's very accessible and it starts with just getting to know people in your neighborhood and finding out what's going on i live in the suburbs of vancouver and i mean you would think that we're like oh hunky dory with our neighbors but i mean i really only wave to them as i drive by and i go home and i am home and even during covid i've been home and like I don't talk to anybody now. So it's like even the suburbs of Vancouver, it's like so disconnected from what's actually going on in our cities, in these urban environments where it is really up in your face all the time. And like I see it everywhere. Like, I mean, people just are oblivious to what's going on and they're just, I mean. And then they get upset that someone's asking them to wear a mask. Yeah, you know, like the, the, or, they have to wear a mask in the grocery store, and it's just everybody is just so disconnected that like we need people like yeah. you guys to make those connections, to make the bridges for the people who are interested, mm-hmm. because there's so many people who are interested, and now that everything is digital, we can reach so many more people. Like so many more people can be involved, and it's not just like oh, I don't live in Portland, I live two hours south, and there's no one around me, so. I'll just keep scrolling on Instagram, you know, and one day, but now it's like we can sign up, we can buy the tickets for the event and we can all show up online together. And I think that's something so necessary right now. Yeah, I think, you know, a truth is, is that we're experiencing a great awakening right now and it's painful. It is painful to know 
it is mm -hmm. painful to know all the things <laughs> and the more you dig the more you find and the more painful it is yeah. but we're all oh i think I, th I really believe that right now we're all being asked to do the inner and personal work to be able to like then show up for our communities. We need to mm -hmm. re-envision what the future looks like. Um, you know, speaking of activism, something that I'm personally really invested in, and Lisa is also in us as an organization are endorsing this campaign in Oregon. It's measure 109. Um, and if passed, this would be the first um, in the United States, legalization to access to psilocybin for, um, yeah. and this this ballot initiative in particular is access to psilocybin-assisted therapy. So to be clear, there will not be mushroom stores. You cannot yeah, buy mushrooms. Right. Mushrooms are not legal. <laughs> That's not what this legalizes. This legalizes access to psilocybin-assisted therapy with licensed professionals that can help people work through things. But um, you know, mental health, depression, anxiety, and addiction have never been higher, especially now that, like, people have literally been stuck home. Like, I don't know about y'all, but, like, it's it's absolutely been difficult to not make a martini at 1 p.m. every single day. <laughs> so true. Our home so true. <laughs> you know? Um, but, um, you know, with the mental health crisis, like, literally only continue on the continuing on the rise as more as more um, things are kind of erupting in our society and around our globe and um, you know there's been like psilocybin has been marked as a breakthrough therapy and not only not like not masking the symptoms but actually getting to the root of why mm -hmm. someone is feeling down and not feeling mm -hmm. well and and you know coping in, in all kinds of different ways that maybe have harmful effects on society as a whole. Um, so everybody keep your ears and eyes open for measure 109 in Oregon this fall. It's really exciting. Vote yes. I can't, in, I can't say enough good things about this initiative. They, they put in a two-year phased rollout. Um, so there's time to train and to learn and to make yes. adjustments. It's not cool. just saying, well, this is legal and here we go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is, this is going to roll out. And um, client safety is of the utmost importance here. And it's just a really beautiful opportunity for all of us to level up and heal some of the past traumas, especially when we're talking about, you know, social justice, racial justice. There's been horrible, horrible things that have happened to people for a long time. There's a lot of healing that's needed right now. And that's why plant medicine um, is here. Mm -hmm. We've co-evolved together to this point, and it's going to help us evolve to the next space um, that humanity is meant to exist on. So um, I definitely implore all of you listeners today to get involved with any plant medicine initiatives going on in your location, whether that's cannabis or psilocybin um or other things too there's all kinds of different plant medicine and different things going on in that realm but our activism is centered around that because we believe that th this revolution of equality is not going to ha happen without our plant allies they they really like help us tune back into who we even are um at our roots i was talking last weekend about how we actually share dna with trees you yeah, know, and it's yeah, like, we, we share, we share more than I think we realize mm -hmm. with the plant kingdom and animal kingdom and um, feeling connected is not a bad thing right now. Yeah. No way. <laughs> One of my teachers said once that um, 
plants has signed a soul contract with humans to protect us and to like aid in our evolution. And that always stuck with me because just like knowing the things, right? Like knowing the things I know about cannabis and mushrooms and even just like the the vegetables in our (laughs) garden, you know, like food is is medicine. Yeah. Food is medicine. So uh, I love that. And really, I love that you guys are really pushing for, um, you know, evolution and development for both psilocybin and cannabis and hemp you know it's, it's amazing yeah, yeah and we're gonna have so much healing to do after yeah this chunk of time 2021 like 20, i mean like i feel like it's we're just in like the beginning phases of it you know and like i mean there's just so much healing to have having to do like around portland's justice center alone like everybody who has participated is going to need to talk about it with somebody, you know, and it's like, whether it's in a community setting or in a private psilocybin therapy session, like there are things that we are all coming to terms with right now that needs to be broken down and healed from, or else we will never be able to ascend or move forward Mm -hmm. or, and like, I think a lot of us are waking up to that right now. And it's just, we just need to be like so vocal about it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Shout it from the rooftops. I Seriously. Love I, love I, love I know. I really, really, really love them. <laughs> I'm surrounded by them. I have a few right here. I think oh my I God. saw a picture my... you posted on Instagram the other day of your, maybe your dining room or something where there's just like plants everywhere. <laughs> I love that. It's pretty intense. COVID, um, <laughs> I like went through, I am in general just continuing to propagate insane <laughs> amounts of plants. But That's like, amazing. It's a little bit crazy. There's probably a good like 40 spider plant babies I have going oh. right now. Oh my like, god! I have a couple hundred plants probably. I house. love that. I work I at a greenhouse. It's not enough. Yeah, I work at a greenhouse, and it's just every day I'm bringing home like new plant babies, and like I go visit them outside the house every day, and then I'm gonna find the place to put them when the sun is like, or after the summertime. So yeah, I was dreaming about. This is so stupid. So I we have these little ficus reapins variegata, which is like a little like green and white ficus creeper. And we got those in and like I was hanging out with them. And then like for two days straight, they were in my dreams. Like I would close my eyes and they were just straight up just like in my mind's eye. And I'm like, what is this? So I like look up what ficus meaning symbology is and it was like the connection between the divine knowledge i was like what the fuck (laughs) okay that's amazing it was so crazy you know what um you you if y'all don't know about canatunes or biotunes it's amazing woman on the east coast who connects lie detector test to plants and gives like through this connection this was discovered in the 70s um but this woman has been um again look it up canatunes.com and biotunes.com um she gives plants access to like synthesizer instruments and then works with the plants and the plants create music And it is mind blowing because it's so cool. Like you go down the rabbit hole of just go to canatunes.com. You have to check it out. Like 
it's just unbelievable and oh we just we barely understand we don't understand shit about yeah. in my so opinion like, yeah. they're way more wise than we give them credit just because they don't speak this language that we're like we're blabbing so much at the mouth that we can't even like hear what they're saying you know and it's um it's really really cool and just check it out and go down that rabbit hole but she's actually worked with you know like one plant in particular and that and like um played with like it's food and water and and environmental things and to see how the music changes and like talks to it and gives it love and then you know does it's Oh, I'm so into that's it. So yeah, cool. That's where I'll be. That's where I'll be for the next like three days, just in my <laughs> room with my earphones. Catitudes. Yeah. Something Playing with my plants. Something she offers too is I mean, I know traveling, it's a little bit tough right now, but she will travel to like hook up to your weed plant and give them produce your song, like the your plant song for you, and then you can get the tracks. So oh she gosh. she does some really cool stuff and <gasps> You know, there's amazing people out in the world just doing incredible things, helping us all awaken to, um, you know, to our relationship and to how deep our relationship is with the plants that surround us. Oh, I love that. Oh, my gosh. I That's cannot cool. wait to look that up. That's oh, cool. So stoked. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I feel like that's a really nice segue into your your guys' own personal journeys in with, like, the cannabis plant and... Like how you got from where you started to now, I guess. But wait, I think first we should spark something. To plant medicine. To plant medicine. Oh, <laughs> hey. Uh oh, whoops, dropping. I'm uh, I'm gonna be smoking a sugar top buttery Lottie Dottie Ooh. joint. Oh, I also have sugar top buttery. Oh. Um, but I have. Northern Rack, good smokes, and this is grown by Forty Fifth Parallel Farms in collaboration with Sugar Top Buttery and Good Smokes. Hey, we're Um, but I we know we love them. Forty Five Fifth Parallel. I do have a bowl packed with some Pilot Farms Mountain Girl Gold. Nice. What do we have? We have Blue Mountain Golden Leaf. It's a sun-grown Ooh. outdoor Washington farm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. What's the dry hit on that, Ash? Two plants. Two plants. <laughs> I love I love doing a dry hit before sparking it up because you can really taste oh. what's going on. Like I can't quite figure out exactly. This is just tastes very fruity to me. Yeah, I'm getting a I'm t- getting some lemon sweet earthiness Ooh. out of. That is ours. That's a good way to describe it now. That's part of um. Sam and I have been cult classic judges for a couple years in a row, and like part of the judging is like smelling it and writing down what you smell and tasting it and like what do you taste? And it's really a lot of them do taste similar because what's happened is the demand for high THC yeah. products has forced a lot of farms to grow things that are similar, you know? So everybody gets like, you know, this crazy intense high when it's really not necessary. Like you can get a really sweet high from like something that has like 12% mm-hmm. or 
15%, you don't need 29% per se. We did a whole episode um, about that. We tested a 14% joint and got fucking really, really <laughs> Those turf, those terpenes can sometimes really back a puncher. You're like, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> what just happened? Where am I? That's cool. Oh, that's so true. Oh. I love it. Do you want to talk about journey? Yeah. Lisa, let's start with you. Okay. Well, um, I started smoking weed when I was 14. Um, I didn't really know 100% like what was going on and I didn't really become like an you know a, a any a person that smoked cannabis like often I just kind of knew that it was like I liked it I didn't really know why and um in college just started like you know consuming a little bit more often because I was befriending people that um had that vibe that that chill vibe that also correlated to being a cannabis consumer um, but where, um, where I really transitioned was, um, both my parents died of cancer and my dad died of Hodgkin's disease lymphoma in 2004. And my mom died five years later from leukemia. And those are both blood cancers. Um, and I was present for both of their transitions. Um, but mostly I was affected, I mean, obviously by both of their, their deaths, but, um, but I did have enough awareness when my mom was, was on um, hospice that maybe cannabis would, be, would help her to eat or maybe cannabis would help her to feel better. And when I tried to ask for it, and I was, she was in a hospital in Pennsylvania at the time. Um, and when I tried to ask about it, I was completely dismissed um people were like yeah yeah like they just didn't even ask anybody about it when I asked about it um I had to I've probably talked to six or seven different people to try to get more information wow. about it and I was totally dismissed and I felt really helpless because there's only so much you can do when someone is um when someone's in that state and I was feeling really desperate for helping my mom and didn't get that help so it kind of sparked something inside me to become more of an advocate for normalization um, so that those kind of conversations are not difficult and that we can happen with more ease um, in hospital settings and beyond. And some of those conversations start at home. Um, additionally, I had been producing feminist events for um, about a decade and a half. Um, before I met Samantha and moved to Portland, Oregon with my wife in 2013. Um, actually, six months before Samantha did in almost the same exact way, driving across the country in an <laughs> RV, super weird and witchy. Yeah, I love that. And, <laughs> and um, I came up with the idea of tokativity, um, getting stoned with friends and crafting and making vision boards um, and e-commerce web nerd Lisa just kind of grabbed the domain names and social media didn't know what I was going to do with them until I met Samantha at a networking event and um I overheard that she was uh she had an event space and she had already been producing cannabis events and I was like ah, <laughs> this is amazing because like I know what I'm good at and this woman knows what she's good at and maybe she might be interested in you know hosting events in her space so 
um, that is really the start or the restart, I guess, of like where I was able to actually give my activism a voice by channeling it through this space where feminism and cannabis meet in the middle. So that's a little background about how cannabis has really come into my life and why I'm passionate about it. Um, I just want to add, I'm sorry, one more thing in regards to feminism. I do feel very passionate about women's liberation. And I feel like the plant allows for women to find um, a new open door inside themselves and explore different pieces. And that in turn allows women to, um, to grow. And I'm really passionate about helping women grow. Chills, chills again. This whole podcast, I have had chills, and this room is so warm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Lisa, tell us about your. Tell us about the first time you ever smoked. (laughs) Um, I was hanging out with a guy named Tony. 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 (laughs) You had a Tony. 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 (laughs) Tony. And a guy named Timogy. Um, Tony actually died a couple years ago, which is unfortunate. You're super young, but he passed away. Um, Timogy, um, his mom was a, just little facts. Like his mom was the clown, like a professional clown. And I just remember that like him, you know, just kind of wanting that to like not be a part of his life, but it really was. And, and so I was actually at his house and we went into the backyard and I believe that Tony had gotten cannabis from his mom. And I think that him, and we were 14 at the time and he, he smoked with his mom. And I actually thought at the moment, wow, like that's cool. And also mm-hmm. weird, you know, I have feelings about that. Now I don't have children, but I'm super curious about what moms feel about smoking cannabis with their kiddos and curious what Sam thinks about that one her kid is, is old enough, whatever. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, we, we, I don't even remember what we smoked out of. I want to say it was like, it was a bowl, but I also have a memory of like turning a Coke can into a bo- bowl by poking holes in it and whatnot. I, I remember smoking it and I, and we were outside in the woods behind Tim and G's house and I didn't feel stoned. I didn't know what stone was supposed to feel like, but I didn't feel different. Um, so then I went back to school and I tried to buy weed from somebody, um, which I did. And I tried to recreate the situation, but except this time I made it out of a soda bottle, like a big ass soda bottle. And I like made a big deal about it. And I like went in the woods. I thought that maybe you go to the woods to smoke. I don't know. Like, this is- <laughs> it was the plants calling you. Yeah. The plants. <laughs> yeah. And I remember smoking and I did feel high. I think that was maybe the first time I ever did feel high because I felt different. And then for no reason whatsoever, I was home alone, uh, 15 years old. I decided to like take off my clothes and put them in the dryer for some reason. I think maybe I thought maybe I'll smell off or something like that. I don't know. But, um, But really, that was my really introduction. So it was like a collective... Uh, smoke sesh with these two dudes and then a solo sesh by myself in the woods. That's awesome. Well, I just love that homie's mom's a clown. I like, know. I'm still on that. Her name was Minikin the Clown. I don't know if she still does oh, work. Shout whatever, out Minikin but, the Clown. Um, Minikin the Clown. But her voice was, her real voice sounded like a clown. Like, it sounded <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and um, I no, just have that fond memory. Of that. That's so funny. I would probably have to be really high to be a clown too. Like, yeah, I would not be able to be yeah a sober clown. So, or clown. Yeah. I'm sure there are. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a that's a really good first story. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the top ones oh. I've heard. <laughs> so much. Fun. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. <clears throat> yeah, you're welcome. All right, Sam, you're up. All right. Well, Tell my first time. Um, my parents like went out to eat. This was so classic, classic me in high school. <laughs> I was 15 at the time. And my parents went out to eat, and so I invited a whole bunch of people over, uh, <laughs> and, and we were all hanging out in the yard, and that night I smoked out of a little, like, nut and bolt pipe, like, literally, like, you know, whatever, oh. like, made out of metal, and then also <laughs> did a gravity bong out of a five-gallon bucket and a, t- and a two-liter bottle. Uh, okay. Wow. Definitely Damn. got stoned. I got stoned my first time. I fell in love. It was love at first hope. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I I just had the. I remember laying with my best friend Sarah on on my parents' bed, and we were just we were just crying. We were laughing so hard, and we just we just laughed for hours. And we always laughed a lot anyway. But it was just wonderful. And um, I yeah have always had cannabis as a part of my life to just enhance my already very joyful disposition. I love that it just like, it just ignites something in me. And I think, um, and then, um, when I moved to Oregon, um, when I was 30, I, um, that was like six years ago now. Um, I started using it medicinally. I was able to get my medical card and I was able to get access to topicals and tinctures and, um, full extract oil and these different modalities of consumption. And then I was like, what? Like, this is the most amazing plant. I've already been completely obsessed with this plant. And I already thought it was the most amazing plant. And then all of these other capabilities surfaced and my, my connection and my use grew deeper. And I actually use less overall cannabis daily than I ever did before finding out about the medicinal uses. Um, but I probably consume more frequently. Well, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it's been a long time stone. Um, I'm a musician and specifically within the music space, like weeds everywhere, but also just for me personally, like probably my, one of my very favorite things to do in my life is to smoke some cannabis. I love smoking joints or bongs in particular or a bowl and playing music it's just like the best feeling it is like deep vibrational healing just joy i i just absolutely love it so um and as a mother i am very prepared for the day that my son wants to consume cannabis and the challenge will not the challenge will only be deconstructing my own stigmas around the misinformation that we've been fed about cannabis. Like, mm-hmm. I think that this medicinal plant can and should be used by all people if applicable, um, regardless mm-hmm. of age. And it's just a matter of um, having more information. Like, we're just now starting to understand the different cannabinoids and that, yeah, 
am I going to give my, you know, my son's almost 12 now. Like, am I going to give my 12 year old son a bonk? Fuck no. You know, like, no. But like (laughs) he has already used topicals under my supervision when he's had pain or like when he's had a fever, I've done some CBD bath salts, you know, and things like that. And so I just think it's a cool way to step into it. And I've told him for a long time that when the day comes that he wants to smoke weed to come to me because he knows he will only get the best weed from his mom. <laughs> and, yes, and, so uh, he, and he has said, he's like, why would I go to anyone else? What does he call me? Good he's job, like, son. Good. He's like, you're a weed queen. Why would I ask someone else? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that's the point. <laughs> Don't ask anybody else. It's going to be because I want to make sure he's going to get quality organic. I mean, we could get a lower THC organic product. Okay. You want to mm-hmm. try smoking? All right. You know, I was, again, we're teenagers and I really think we don't know enough. I think that why do, to, why do most teenagers, why is that the age that that mostly happens? Uh, because we are going through adolescence and our endocannabinoid system is out of freaking whack. And this, mm-hmm. this plant helps connect some of the dots for us to like chill and ride the waves of hormone, you know, surges. Like, mm-hmm. I just think we're going to get, I think eventually, hopefully we get to a place within studies that, um, you know, that helps us understand why so that we can get through some of the hard parts to imagine. We don't want to see children yeah. fucked up. No one wants to see that. That's not cool. You know, that's not okay. Um, They're perfect as they are. That's not what the point of Mm -hmm. plant medicine. That's not what the point of cannabis is. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, anything can be abused. And I think that um, this plant has been nothing but an amazing vehicle for the best life I could have ever imagined to live. I feel like... um, it's just been my trusty companion thus far and will continue to be my trusty companion forever. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. Thank you. You know, there are some like doctors and scientists who are theorizing that humans are just chronically like as a species, we are chronically cannabinoid deficient. Like our endocannabinoid system does not have something that allows it to actually produce endocannabinoids. So people who consume cannabis that has cannabinoids in it they're like Mm -hmm. literally supplementing their system so that everything works better well and why would that be Hmm. i don't know maybe because we eat plants is right plants like that we need plants to survive hello we need them to breathe we need them to eat Mm -hmm. they they produce the water that rains down like Mm -hmm. they're just yeah we're it's a symbiotic thing so it's it's not so shocking but it is like it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know right. it is cool. Right. You know, we didn't know And the that. other thing I've, the other thing that I've heard is that, um, the feral cows would eat the wild hemp. And so, and then we would eat the cows or the cows, we would use their manure to, to fertilize our field. So it's like literally there's multiple touch points that we don't even think about that it used to be in our environment. Like even outside of actually growing it to make ships, uh, sales, you know, canvas mm. for ship sales and, whatever else they used it for. So it literally has so many touch points in our lives. And we just decided one day that we needed to not cut that off and do it because you, he could, the the dude could make money. Well then he shouldn't have been making any money because he was a (laughs) dumb idiot and couldn't figure out how to monopolize on that. Like, yeah. I just feel like there's so much money in 
cannabis and hemp and yeah well you can't you know you can't oppress the people if you don't control them in some way (laughs) it's true (sighs) indeed but we are powerful we are the powerful ones Mm -hmm. power to the people Mm -hmm. power to the plants yes hell yeah yes yeah oh this was so amazing. This was a, such a great conversation. Thank you so much again, ladies. Thank you. We for really are grateful us. that you took the time. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us where we can find you online? Anyone who wants to follow what you guys are doing? <laughs> yes. We are Tokativity on all things. <laughs> Tokativity.com, Tokativity Connect, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're working on our Pinterest. And <laughs> We really would love to meet all the cannabis-loving women across the world. It is one of our main goals is to know all of them. I know that's a really, um, <laughs> that's really seems like a real stretch. That's However, it. if we always keep that in our, you know, in our hearts, then that will always be our intention. And we want all of us, uh, all the women in cannabis, you know, and in plant medicine to know one another and to support one another. So thank you for, for being a voice for, um, for cannabis and for putting the show together and for really staying committed to putting this together. I know that it's, it's hard to stay committed sometimes when there's so much going on, but like, this is really important that you continue to do this. And I just want to thank you. Thank you. Wow. I needed to hear that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Keep showing up. We're all doing it in all the different ways. Right. And just like Mm -hmm. keep showing up for yourself, for the plants, for Mm -hmm. our other fellow, fellow humans and for the movements that feel right for, you know, for the future, the future could look so different. It could be peaceful. It could be beautiful. And Mm-hmm. Um, it's yep. up to us to imagine it together with the plants. Yes. We got this. Love it. Yes, we, we do. do. Yes, we do. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Have a hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you, you too. Bye. I love them. Oh, me too. What a great conversation. Thank you so much to Lisa and Sam from Tokativity for hanging out with us. If you like like what they're um, doing, what they're about, make sure you check them out um, on the internet and on social medias and follow them and follow see them. what they're doing. We're going to check out one of the speed networking. Yeah. In the a House couple of weeks. House of Jane speed networking, networking events. So we're really excited about that. Mm-hmm. So find them on Instagram at Tokativity for events near you. And thank you, listeners, for listening. We love you. We love you, and we hope we enriched your high. If you like what you hear, share with your friends. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple and or your favorite podcast platform. And you can check us out on Instagram at chronicals underscore podcast. We live over there for the most part, posting lots of things, lots of lots of fun vids. Lots of fun vids. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Alright, we're gonna go smoke a weed and flower joint now, so. Yeah. We'll talk to you next time. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Peace out.